<laughs> so how y'all doing? Y'all doing all right? <laughs> you probably can't tell I'm from the south, huh? I just came from the South Island a while ago. <laughs> yep, we was at Christchurch for several days. It was awesome. Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Y'all need to pray for your countrymen. They're doing well. Uh, we had some Holy Ghost powerful meetings down there. It was pretty nice. Jesus. Um, I still, the ones of y'all that know us, I still live in Mexico. Uh, currently, our nation's at war. Uh, so what's this for? In case I start sweating? Wow, this is a personalized sweat catcher here. That's right. Sell it on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> Make some money. All right, so uh, that's all right. <laughs> it's true, man. There's so many miracles. Wow. Okay, um, but our work in Mexico, uh, I'm not going to sit up here and cry to you. Our nation's at war. Uh, the last four years, there's been 35,000 people murdered in the last four years. All right? Uh, I have nothing to say uh, except for what we're doing, um, government-wise, uh, other ministries, um, they know what they're doing. So do we. We're going to stay. We're going to do our best to stay. It's uh, very difficult, but here's the deal. There is always a deal, isn't there? God invited me there. He knew the war was coming. He knew the problems were going to be there. I'm the one that's caught off guard and astonished. Not him. And so uh, uh, just a few days ago, one of our main pastors was murdered. Uh, then a few months before that, another one was murdered. Uh, on and on and on goes the deal. The war is on, all right? Uh, when, I, when you understand what I said to you, murdered, and it sinks in to you, uh, you need to be blessed, and you need to bless the Holy Ghost for the time of peace in your land. Because I was just in part of your land that was at peace, but one minute later it went to tragedy and war. It can change quicker than you can breathe. And so you need to worship the Holy Ghost. You need to be wild and exotic and crazy in your approach to the Holy Ghost. You should never be accomplished and complacent and content. You should always be hungry and wild. Otherwise, you get overrun by the devil. All right, so I wanna, I'm, I've got this thing come on me. Uh, I, I, there's no way to catch you up. Our work is growing large. It's uh, really big now. It's a very large machine. It's over a thousand churches. Um, 
every miracle there the every disease has been every disease has been healed there's none left to conquer all of them have been healed and right around a dozen of them uh, we're a hundred percent on it's right around a dozen miracle uh, a dozen uh, uh, diseases that every time we pray for that disease, it's healed. Did you hear me? You're not listening, or I don't think. The one we're most noted for is dead raising. That that's still going on. It is. It's still going on, but it's one of the weakest spots we have. We're only about 10% on the dead raising, so we only have about 500. And so, which is a lot. But it's not compared to these other diseases, which you're 100% with. That's a, that's a lot more. All right? So what would you be interested in? What kind of a thing would you be interested in? Uh, lately, God's been healing a lots of asthma, COPD, dyslexia, diabetes, uh, hepatitis, all the arthritis family, all the, all the cancer family. They're all bowing to the Holy Ghost. It's amazing to, to watch the greatest power hell can belch out at us. And it just feels like you're going to buckle under its power. And the mighty hand of the Holy Ghost stands up, puts a shield in front of us, and starts walking in front of us. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. The hand of God is a good thing. So while you're turning over to Psalms 23, that's one of the most famous places. I don't ever look for obscure verses and try to dig out some unknown revelation. I leave that to smart people. All I have is faith. <laughs> Intellectuals and theologians can have that. Me? I just like to fight with devils. It seems to work. The Word of God, I mean. You know, just, a, just a, not long ago, a few months ago, I was uh, in the north part of the United States of America. And uh, we had done a conference there, I don't know, probably six years ago, maybe five and a half, about six years ago, we'll say. And uh, Ms. Baker, Ms. Heidi Baker was there. I was there, some other people, we, we, we had it in this rodeo. You understand rodeo? We had this big rodeo arena. There wasn't a facility in town big enough, so we had, had to rent the rodeo arena. And so we was in there. And, and there's lots of miracles, but the one I want to tell you about, there's this kid came up to me. He was in what we in, our, in America, it's junior high, the middle school. And he was, uh, uh, he, he was the bottom of his class. He, he had dyslexia, and what y'all call that deal where they, they didn't get enough paddling when they were young, and they, and they don't obey anybody. What do you call it? 
attention deficit disorder. <laughs> and so he had all, the, all these things going against him, and uh, he was having a hard time. You know, he's a young guy. And uh, this is a kid, a little cowboy. He walks up, you know, and his spurs are dragging, literally. And he comes walking up there to me. He says, I'm just not going to make this school thing. I said, son, in the United States of America, you have to. You don't have a choice. He said, well, when I get up age, of age, I'm just going to quit. I said, that's good. That's good. If I was you, that's what I'd do. I'd just obey the devil and be a bum the rest of my life, if I was you. <laughs> Sounds logical. But he says, Brother David, I don't want to be a bum. Now watch what he says to me. Can you help me? I said, of course. This is what I do for a living. He said, what do I do? I said, you've already done it, son. Just stand still and let me do my thing now. I said, now exactly tell me what your problems are. So he went through this whole deal again about all this. Everybody, all these smart people had told him just how dumb he was and everything he was doing wrong and I said, first of all, let's get something straight. You're a handmade creature by the Holy Ghost. So I don't believe anything people have said about you. Let's just sort this out right up front. Let's go ahead and listen to what God says and not what people say. God says you're a peculiar treasure of His. You're one of His specialties. He handmade you from the womb to carry the gift of the gospel. So therefore, you have the power of God in you. You have faith in you. So don't let, don't let anybody talk you out of it. He says, all right. I said, now I'm going to lay my hands on you. And heaven is going to just knock you into another world. And I did, and I mean, that cowboy went flying, I mean, just whack right into the dust. So I was happy, I left. But this last year, I run into him again. He was graduating. Valedictorian. <laughs> of his class, highly sought after, from schools all over the United States for his intellect and his ability to be disciplined. How about that? See, you need to trust God instead of believing the power of men. You need to understand God's coming back one day for a drug-free church. God's power is greater than any drug you can put your hands on. Do you understand? Now, what does the first verse say in Psalms 23? Read it to me, anybody. Everybody knows it. The Lord is my shepherd. So if a devil, a man, a society, a nation has decided that you are lack or in lack of anything, Ask the shepherd, and he'll cover you. Doesn't matter what it is. I just want to tell you these stories. It's the same, same conference. It was snowing out there. It was real cold, and 
real bitter cold up there on the Canadian border. And same place the cowboy was. And I noticed, now, can I be honest with you? Is that okay? He, he, he is in agreement with it. Anybody else? Is honesty okay or you need everything powder coated, sugar coated? So you can take it, praise the Lord. Or can I just be honest with you and just go ahead and preach the gospel? <laughs> we had a pretty good sized group of people. It was several hundred of us up in this little old place worshiping God and snow everywhere outside. It was really cold and always nice and toasty in that room, you know. And while I'm up there talking, I noticed this person walk in. And I was, it was unusual to me because she didn't have very many clothes on. So, and she's a very nice looking lady. And, and she comes right down there to the front. And it turns out she was a hooker. Y'all know what that is? Now, I can dress it up a little bit if I want to, but I really don't want to. I, you need to understand the graphic power of hell against us. And the responsibility of the church to destroy the power of darkness through the name of Jesus. I sit up there and talk, you know, like I am right now. Just talk. Just doing my best to provoke every devil in the area. <laughs> and usually I'm successful. And when I got through talking, <clears throat> this girl, she gets straight up. I mean, she's a, she's a hooker. And she comes up there, and she's just looking at me. She hardly has anything on. She says, what are you? I said, that's a really good question. I said, that depends on if you're asking from a human standpoint, a demon standpoint, or an angelic standpoint. Because I'm different to all three levels. <laughs> she says, well, I don't know anything about demons or angels. I'm a human. I said, well, then I am a person from Louisiana that got slapped by the Holy Ghost. I've got the fire of God in me, and I love Jesus, and I do not tolerate devils. She says, that still don't tell me much. I said, I know. I'm speaking gospel to you. This is what I am. Everything you stand for, I hate. She says, I don't mean to stand for things. She, I said, it doesn't matter. You stand for hell and I stand for heaven. So we're enemies. She said, what can I do to get on your team? She knew nothing about the gospel. She didn't know how to speak gospel. See, you... If you've been born again more than six months, you've been trained how to speak gospel. That doesn't mean you know how to do gospel. That just means you know how to speak gospel. Doing and speaking are different. I said, darling, you don't have to do anything. There's a shiny... You don't have to do anything, darling. 
She said, what are you going to do to me? I said, I'm not going to do anything to you. I said, my Bible that I've been talking to you out of allows me the right to lay hands on you if you'll allow me that right. And with my wife standing here and these people here as witnesses, all I'm going to do is touch you on top of the head and heaven is going to reroute your life. She says, I have been a prostitute as long as I can remember. I have been a drug addict. She was a, a drug addict, prostitute. It, it was hard for her. And so I reached up and explained it to her, laid my hands on top of her head, and she flipped backwards and was knocked out. I was really grateful for those little ladies that run around them little covers, you know? Because <laughs> there were body parts everywhere. So thank God for cover. That's why you need these covers in church. So when these hookers come in and get delivered, you can cover them up. And so, you know, I went on home. She was still knocked out when I left. So the next night, we was back out there again. And, and, and this time, here she comes in. This time, she's got clothes on. And she comes screaming up to me. What's the name of that thing you hit me with? I said, the name of that thing I hit you with is called the Holy Ghost and fire. She said, I don't know what its name is. She says, all I know is I'm standing there. I'm strung out on drugs. And you stuck your hand on top of my head. Now watch this. This is unchurched. Don't speak gospel person she said you put your hand on my your hand on my head and them things that talked to me were vacuumed out of me See, she didn't know what to say. She didn't know what to call it. She didn't know what deliverance was. She didn't understand that Jesus cleaned her spirit. She, but see, it doesn't matter, does it? She said, who is this power? What is his name? I said, now that is the right question. So I led her to Jesus myself. That was after she got cleaned up. And we laid our hands on her this time, and buddy... She ran around the room and ran around the room. And then when I caught her, I said, come here, darling. I said, I got a bunch of daughters about your age. Come over here. And I want to just give you a hug and welcome you into the kingdom of God. And when I did, she began to weep. I said, how long has it been since a man cared for you without wanting something from you? She says, I don't remember. See, you, you need to realize your job in the Holy Ghost. See, the Lord is your shepherd. But if you don't know about the shepherdship of the Lord God, Holy Ghost, how are you going to receive from Him? That's why we all have a job, see? This is why I go around the world. I was in all the continents in the last few months. All of them that have people. <laughs> and we, we've had power. I can talk to you about some important subjects. I've had myself a blast and I will continue to do so. 
But you need to wake up. Some of you have been saved a long time and you've allowed the demon to lull you asleep. Brother David, I'm doing good. That's my problem. Success has blinded you. Look at you. You went quiet on me. You was all right as long as I was talking about the hooker. But then when I come home, got in your house. <laughs> yeah. Listen to me, y'all. God is with us. Look at verse, I'm going to jump all these verses down to verse 6. There's a couple more shinies showing up. Little sparklies. Look here at verse 6. Somebody read that to me. Louder. Louder. That's right. That's the Lord forever. I was in Chicago, Illinois a few weeks ago, a couple of months. I was in a prayer line. I'm always in a prayer line because I'm always hunting. Hunting how to rout the enemy. There was a lady there. She, she was crying. She's a really nice looking lady. And she says to me, I've sit here and I've listened to you for two days. And she says to me, you actually believe the things coming out of your mouth. <laughs> I said, yes, ma'am, I do. That, that's the truth. You, I'm busted. You're right. Now watch. Now watch what she said to me. I've had 12 operations on my back. My back is fused, pinned, and screwed together. I said, wow, what a story. What do you want me to do? See, I know what she wants. But most people in modern Christianity use the things against them as their power to talk to people. Instead of the gospel that's in their heart and spirit. The church has got a little bit off course. We've got to get back online with the Holy Ghost and the blood of Jesus, the covenant of our risen, resurrected Lord, Holy Ghost. I said, What do you want from me, ma'am? She says, I honestly don't have faith. I'm hurting 24 hours a day. I said, I do have faith, and I'm not hurting 24 hours a day. What do you want? Be specific with me. She says, I would love to bend over and touch my feet. Oh, anything else? <sighs> Take the pain. I said, all right, anything else? What about those screws and rods and fusing? Wouldn't you like to have a new back? 
Now watch what she says. Why do you think it's legal to ask such a thing? And I look at her. How long have you been born again? She said, about 15 years. I said, me and you born again by the different blood covenant, darling. It's my legal right to do everything I can to get God to touch me and mine. And everybody I come in contact with. She said, all right. Pray for my back. I said, yes, ma'am. I took my wife's hand, stuck it on her back. Stuck my hand on top of Miss Hogan's hand and rebuked the rods, pin, infusion, and medicine, and chemicals, and operations, and everything else. And when she wakes up in the morning, she pops out of bed and touched her feet. She went to the hospital. The doctor team that did all the work on her back couldn't find any screws, no rods, no fusion, a new back. A new back. A new back. Are you listening? You listen? Psalms 23, verse 6. Surely and only goodness, mercy, this is amplified. Mercy and unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life. It doesn't matter what's presented to me by the kingdom of hell. It matters to me what the Word of God says. I believe in the authority of the Word of the mighty God. I believe it's supreme, I believe it's ultimate, and I believe it's decisive. In all subjects. That's what I believe. And I'm finding out... Not everybody believes that, but I do, all right? Let's see here. Hang on a minute. Oh, I'll tell you this. You all right with me just coming on with this barrage of miracles that happened in the last few days? I was in the United States again, but in a different part. In the south, in uh, Alabama. And I didn't have a clue that God was fixing to do what he was going to do. I'm usually always caught off guard by his magnificence. He is so amazing. He, he, just, he just does whatever he wants to. And I'm finding that to be a good thing for everybody. <laughs> I got up there and talked. And this lady comes down. Right in, almost in, I wasn't finished talking yet. And she just, you know, some people just are, they just don't, they're just not, they just don't have enough of the religious demon in them yet, you know? <laughs> and she didn't know she wasn't supposed to interrupt me. And she comes down there, she said, I've heard enough of you, she said. She said, 
I've got COPD and I'm dying. I said, what in the cat hair is that? She says, well, it's a bronchial problem and I'm going to die and one of these days my breath's going to leave and I'm not going to catch it back, blah, blah, blah. Oh, no, give me this whole scenario of what she was told was going to happen to her. And she had believed it. And I'm looking at her. I says, well, I don't believe that. She says, I've been told that people like you don't believe that kind of stuff. I said, well, you've been told the truth. I said, because your right as a human being who loves Jesus is to understand that goodness and mercy are to follow you regardless of your circumstances. Regardless of who's with you, who's against you, who abandons you, it doesn't matter. And she says, okay, what do you want me to do? I said, honey, you've already done it. You've interrupted me. You shall not escape now. It's too late for you. <laughs> and we laid our hands on this lady. I mean, she's pretty serious problem she's got. God hit her. Knocked her down. Her whole family comes running up there. This is, and I quote, this is her words. Later, uh, the next day after she'd been to the hospital and been declared completely healed. Listen, listen. She laid on the ground. This is her words, quote. Brother David, I was laying there and somebody came and knelt beside me. You know those masks that they have? It pushes oxygen into you. Somebody came and put one of those masks on me and it blew my lungs up. And when I opened my eyes to see who it was, it was the Lord Jesus sitting there. And she was healed. 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 Because of the power of the gospel. Because of the great Holy Ghost. If you will, turn with me to Psalms 107. Because that's not, that's not the rest of the story. That's only the beginning of the story. For some reason, God came in there that day. We, of course, we ask him every service to come. Come, Holy Ghost. Come, Holy Ghost. Come with your healing power. Come with your mercy. Come with your grace. Come with your loving kindness. Come with your anointing. God, we, we, we need you. We, we're hungry for you. We, every service we ask for that. But sometimes he comes. And the next, the second person, because when, when, when they found out that I was not angry at them for coming, the next person was led down there was a totally blind lady. 
She said, that lady that you prayed for that fell on the floor, that's my friend. She's dying with COPD. I said, ma'am, I, I don't want to be rude to you, but she's not going to die with COPD. This was before I knew she was healed. So I'm having to argue with everybody. But that's okay. I got plenty of wind. It works. And I asked this blind lady, I said, all right, now, what are you down here for? She says, well, I've been blind for 19 years. I said, is that so? What do you want from me? She said, I heard you talking to my friend. Do you suppose that this Jesus you're talking about would care to give me my eyesight back? I said, probably. She said, how sure are you? I said, I'm not at all sure. I'm sure he can do it. I'm sure he wants to. But do, the problem is, do we have the faith necessary to get him to react or to act? She says, I don't. I says, I do. Now, the question is, was I lying to her? How do you know? You don't know. You don't know. Everybody in here is wanting to know the answer to the question. How do I know when I have faith? You don't know that. You have to trust God that what you did was in line with what He wants. Faith doesn't know. That's why faith I said, what I'm going to do is the same thing I did to your friend. I'm going to lay my hands right square on you. And more than likely, God's going to knock you out, so get ready. So I did. I touched the wax. She hit the deck. So I just stood up there. I said, all right. Since I'm not going to get to finish my fancy little message, <clears throat> is there anybody else what needs anything from God? And here comes this little grandma. Now, she had this little aluminum thing, and here she come. And finally, I got tired of waiting on her. And so I sent these ushers after her. They went and got her and brought her up there. Now, this lady, she was a mess. She had cancer, broke uh, repla hip replacements, uh, arthritis, uh, Man, two weeks ago, she had just buried one of her daughters. Uh, her life was completely annihilated. It was just destroyed. So, and, I, and I'm sitting there, and I'm looking at her. Besides the obvious, ma'am, what do you need from God? You know what she said to me? All the diseases she had, she didn't mention them. Her, her emotional stress from losing her daughter, she didn't mention that to me. You know what she said to me? Brother David, I need Jesus. I said, darling, that's easy to remedy. And I'm sitting there, and I'm up on the thing up here, 
And I'm just talking to her. She's right over there like the tambourine right there. And I'm just talking to her. And right in front of our eyes, because she had a hip replacement in, reason for the walker was because it was one of these artificial deals. And it was brand new. And it, and it wasn't taken and so forth. And, and, and right in front of us all, and then you got the cancer. Then you got the rheumatoid arthritis. And, I mean, it's just, wow. And, and she's it's right in front of us all. She just went, what's this? She's, she's broke, weak, destroyed grandma, right? Two of her other daughters are holding her. She goes, and she's just looking at me. And then she goes, the next thing I know, grandma done spun around. Her legs are running in place. And she took off running up the aisle. And you know what ended up happening to her? When she finally got to the hospital, she had a new natural hip. It's called creation of God. Cancer is gone. Arthritis is gone. She is delivered from the power of Satan and translated into the kingdom of his dear son. Are you listening? Sound good? Sound like something you might need? <laughs> Come on, Holy Ghost. See, remember when they told Paul, your much learning has made you mad? I'm there. <laughs> Everybody tells me, calm down, old man. Not going to happen. Every day I get to go to places and touch people and get them healed. It excites you. blesses you. <laughs> Psalms 107. <laughs> 19. Y'all there? There's so many miracles, y'all. And there's so much fun to me. I enjoy my job. Psalms 107, verse 19, it says, They cry to the Lord in their trouble. And what happens? There's a need for you as the church, we, us, as the church, to cry to the Lord. Me personally, I'm doing really good. I'm healed. I'm blessed. Man, I'm not broke. God is with me. My wife is healed. My family's healed. Wow. Our work is growing. We've got all these miracles. Wow. Man. 
But we need to cry to the Lord. You must realize that because you are personally okay, that doesn't mean that your neighbor is. We need to learn how to intercede on behalf of other people in our surrounding area. For our provinces, for our cities, our provinces, our, our nation and other nations. Never give in to success. See, by everybody's standards I meet, I'm successful. I'm connected now with like 60,000 churches around the world. I'm helping oversee massive ministries and wow, wow, I'll ride a mule to church. Man, that's an accomplishment. I get to go to the, wow. I was in the White House a couple of years ago. Preached, invited there by Ms. Bush. Now, President Obama, I've been invited back. Me, look at me, who I am. I'm nothing to them. But it's not about who you are. It's about who God is in you. That's what's impressive. It's never who you are. Lose that. It's who God is. I got to preach to Congress of the United States of America. <laughs> Wonderful. Awesome. <sighs> we need to learn how to cry to the Lord to heal our land. What does it say in verse 20? Somebody read it to me, please. Loudly. He sent his what? What did he send? Who is the word? He sent Jesus to heal us. That's what the Bible says. That's who we are. We are people filled with Jesus. Then if we're filled with Jesus, we're the sent ones to heal. Is that clear? It's clear. A couple of days ago before I came out of Mexico, something happened that I want to tell you about. I've been seeking the Lord Holy Ghost. I get up early, real early, 3.34 in the morning. Pray eight, ten hours a day now. It's a good thing. Awesome, new, wonderful, holy. Woo! <laughs> Hard to do, yes. Who cares? You only go around once, darling. Do it good. <laughs> and I'm out in the village, right? 
We'd already had three services. And one of them was a five-hour prayer meeting where I was laying on my face on the concrete calling on the mercy of the gospel. Just speaking in tongues and worshiping God and rolling around getting dirty. Just calling on Him. Jesus, I need you. I need Jesus. So I go to bed, it's 11 o'clock at night, and I tell these people, I got to go to bed, I got to get up early. Man, there's a couple of sparklies showing up. It's good, good. So, I lay down, put my earplugs in. I had me a, what's it called? A McQueen, what is it? Lightning McQueen blanket. That was my bed. <laughs> it was awesome. Lightning McQueen. <laughs> Man, I got all wrapped up in that blanket and I finally got to sleep. Oh, it's wunderbar. It's wonderful. Then all of a sudden, somebody's tapping me on my shoulder. I look around, it's my oldest son, Joseph. He's He's one of my main, main soldier boys. What do you want, boy? I looked at my watch. I just got to sleep. I know, Dad, but we need you. I said, son, you're 38 years old. <laughs> what possibly could I do that you can't? He said, Dad, you still have a job. Now, come on. I get up. I put my shirt on, you know. <laughs> now, I was, see, this is what, this is the reason you seek God. Because your life may be organized. I'm one of those discipline types. They don't allow much intervention. I like things in order. And I'm following my son. I'm in a little pair of shorts. I'm going outside with this shirt on, you know. Got my flashlight. We in the village. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of folks out there. Women, men, older women, older men. What's the matter? And it was one of my main pastors that was there for the meeting we was doing. His little boy had died two hours ago. And they didn't want to bother me, but they had to. This is why I have a job, you see. I've never seen a dead raisin like this before, but I have now. This little baby that I was there, I prayed for it when it was born. I, this is part of my family now. And this little baby's just there dead. He's just laying there. I went over there. I'm a good grandpa. I'm not a doctor, but I'm a good grandpa. And I checked all the vitals and everything. No, he's gone. Yep. 
And so I started talking to him, trying to console him. And this pastor, he's sitting there holding his baby. Now listen, look what he said to me. My son has already told me that he needed me. Now this is another one of my sons, but this is not blood son. This is one of my sons of faith. He says to me, Hermano David, por favor. Brother David, please. You know what he said next is what matters. Ayúdame. Help me, please. And I looked him right in the face. I can do that. See? You cannot be bothered by your surroundings. You must be bothered by the faith of the Holy Ghost. Did you hear me? And so I'm sitting there swelling all up like a tote frog, fitting to get ready to do all this fancy praying. Got my flashlight in my hand. Y'all know what a flashlight is? What do y'all, y'all call it? A, hang on, don't tell me about it. Got it. A torch. <laughs> Got my torch in my hand. Turn that thing on, and I'm, you know, I'm going to go over there and so I can watch everything. I got this real fancy little American deal, and so I'm going to, you know, get some light on the subject, watch, see what I'm doing. And as soon as the beam of my light, this is quite phenomenal to me. As soon as the beam of my light, do you understand you're the light of the world because Jesus in you makes you that? Soon as my beam of my torch went across that baby's forehead, the second it hit those eyes, that little baby went and came back to life. Isn't that something? There was never an official prayer. Wow. And the baby came back and functions turned back on and the, the, the fever and the, the cough that had killed it was gone. And I said to when it when it finally everything got calmed down and the mama's got the baby down she's breastfeeding the thing and and everybody's safe again I said now can I go back to sleep? <laughs> and they said yes. Have a good night. <laughs> so I went and found my what is it again? Lightning McQueen. Can't remember that thing. Lightning McQueen, Lightning McQueen, little car thing, Lightning McQueen. And I rolled up in that thing, and I'm telling you, I had a good night. How about that? Pretty good, huh? Okay. So what are we going to do? We're going to take a break or we're going to keep going? What do y'all want to do? What do you want to do? You're the boss. We all right? You okay? You sure? What we gonna do with all the tea and coffee? Don't worry about it? Okay. Psalms 107, because I want to, I'm feeling, I'm feeling, what I'm feeling is I'm feeling faith rising. I am, I'm feeling it. See, and I like it when I get around people, kindred spirits that allow faith to rise. It makes good things happen. It allows the process of power to proceed. 
Is it okay if I'm a free man? You know, you may not agree with a whole lot of things, but it, surely you'll let me be free. Come on. I need to be a free man. Jesus. Jesus. Because there's a miracle I'm trying to get to, trying to wade through all these easier ones. <laughs> 19, 107 Psalms. It says, Then they cry to the Lord in their trouble, and He delivers them out of their distresses. Surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the, follow me all the days of my life. When I encounter trouble, it doesn't matter. I cry to the Lord, He delivers me. Whether it's a premature death spirit, whether it's COPD, whether it's dyslexia, attention deficit disorder, or whether it's, <laughs> what's all them other ones I forgot? We've been talking about a bunch of them. cancer, uh, arthritis, uh, men's failure, failed operations, rods and pins. What's well, a lot of stuff, ain't it? Well, that might be enough. And he sends forth his word and heals them and rescues them from the pit and destruction. Now, I have a cross reference here, and I want to go to it in 2 Kings. You all right with that? Thank you. You know, I probably would do it anyway. I'm one of those kind. Just be nice, you know. <laughs> okay, Second Kings 20. <laughs> I am having so much fun, y'all, in the whole wide world. There is so much God's trying to do. And there are so many Christians trying to stop it. You don't even count the demons. They don't count. We have got to get on the same page. We've got to get organized. We have got to allow faith to arise in our hearts. We have got to let the Holy Ghost be who He is. That's in charge. We've got to allow that. I was down in New Orleans a, a, a few weeks ago in, uh, in Louisiana in the United States. And, and, and this, uh, we were having these services. They were, I don't know, probably 1,500 folks in that room. And we was having a blast and carrying on. And I was spitting and running and jumping and carrying on. And all of a sudden, these jewels started showing up, right? And, 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 and the older people, that's you. I started talking about him, and nobody wouldn't, wouldn't move. Finally, this little bitty boy gets up, little bitty fella. And he just walks right up there, and I'm walking around. I'm walking. Now, they're really jewels all over. And, and I'm walking around, and this little bitty kid walks up there, and he just says to me, I'm talking, I'm preaching. And he goes, where are they? <laughs> I said, they're on the floor. And I carried him with me, and all of a sudden he found one. And then all of a sudden, kids started running. You should have seen it. It was around 100 kids up there all over the altar, 
hunting jewels. And they were finding them. It was wonderful. That's why you need to have the faith of a child. You need to maintain that and things will go well for you. You'll find jewels every now and then. And it's the truth. So did y'all make 2 Kings yet? Need to work on this bunch of skills at looking up Bible verses. 2 Kings 20. Is that what we did, right? That's right. Verse 4. Before Isaiah had gone out of the middle court, the word of the Lord came to him. Verse 5. Turn back and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people, thus says the Lord, the God of David. You must realize the things I'm talking to you about are not new things. It's been going on for millenniums, generation after generation. There are those who will seek their God and be healed. You hear me? And it needs to be us. I need to encourage you to impress heaven. I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. See... Most modern Christians have never prayed and never cried, ever. We need to allow heaven to hear our heart. We need to express our anxieties, our fear, the stress on our lives. We need to express it to heaven, not in complaining, in petition. Behold, I will heal you, and on the third day you shall go up to the house of the Lord, and I will add life to you 15 years and deliver you. God is looking to help us. He wants to help us. But you can't work it out. But He can. You want to hear what I think is a great miracle? I've been telling you a whole bunch of them. But this one here impressed me really good. I'm fairly easily impressed when it's God. I was in a meeting similar to this. Enthusiastic praise was given. Several hearts had given wild abandonment to God. That makes me happy when I see that. Makes God even more happy. But then after all, all the things were done, there's this couple been sitting there waiting the whole time. And they come up to me and they say to me, Brother David, we need you to help us. And I looked at them. They were perfect. Do you know who Ken and Barbie are? This family is where they got the idea for the dolls. (laughs) 
There was Ken, there was Barbie, and 2.35 children. <laughs> they were absolutely perfect. So, I got up really close to them and I smelled of them. Just as I thought, perfection. <laughs> no scent of humanity on them anywhere. Just perfect scent. I said, so, how could you possibly need me? Look at you. Smell you. You're beautiful. What could I do? that could impress you. Now see? But that's the failure or the flaw of humanity. We look on the outside. That's the flaw we have. And that's when the mother spoke up. She says, Brother David, we knew this was going to happen. We know you. I said, oh, so you set me up, did you? You know what the answer was? Yes. I said, did I do everything? Did I meet all expectations? She says, absolutely. Oh, well, I'm good then. Now, why do, we, why do we have this problem? What's the deal? She said, in a minute, an ambulance is fixing to come here, and it's going to have my baby in it. I said, is that so? Yes. My baby was born with lupus. Missing two organs. Nothing can be done. It will die. I said, is that so? Who said that? Well, that's what our doctor team says. Well, mine says something else. Now that you've included me in your dilemma, we'll add a different team to this. <laughs> With different ideas and zeal. And courage and faith and honor. <laughs> she said, yes, we knew this was going to happen. And here comes the little gurney with the little baby on it, dying, doctors and the whole deal, in church. And as soon as they get up there, they start telling me what all I can't do. So I just look at the mama. That's all you have to do. Because look, I've been in the whole world several times. There's nothing out there to fear except mamas <laughs> or grandmas. In my experience, the only dreadful thing on the planet that will absolutely chew you up and never let you go is a mother or a grandma. And I'm married to one of those, both. Now I said, now, you heard what they said. She said, I did. You ignore them and you and I'll get along fine. I said, that's all I need to hear. I went over there and this little old baby, I got my wife and we walk over there and I said, all right, Grandma. I need a little power flow here. You back that demon down. She, my wife don't say much. She just looked at me. And just put her hand on the baby. 
That means I did right. And so we started praying. We prayed. You didn't see anything happen. You know, you didn't see it. it just, you just didn't see it. There was no evidence. But it doesn't matter what you see. See, you and I are people, we're evidence-oriented folks. We want things our way, and we want proof to back what we're doing. But that's not what faith is, is it? Faith is the evidence of things not seen. That's what faith is. And we got through. Uh, we prayed for people. I left, went to another conference, went around, blah, blah, blah. And then just a, a few weeks ago, I ran into that Ken and Barbie bunch again. This time they had like four or five kids. She said, do you remember about the baby with the lupus, Brother David? I said, no, ma'am. I do not. What? Tell me about it. She explained it to me. Then, of course, I remembered because of the interruption of the doctors. She says, I want to introduce you to someone. I said, I'd be glad to. She brings this little boy up there, and I'm looking at this little boy. I said, who is he? Oh, this is the feller that was on the gurney. Do you know what God did? He created the missing organs and healed the lupus and caught the little boy up mentally. How about that? Huh? How about that? Huh? You impressed? I am. <laughs> <laughs> How about it? Is that good or what? Is that good or what? Now, here's my question. You want some of that? Huh? I mean, really, do you think you're ready to step in the river of life? Crystal and pure, flowing from the throne of God. But you see, you gotta, if, you, if, you're, if you think you're ready for the river of life, crystal and pure, no man-made problems. You got to realize we have to go from Revelations 22 where it says that and back all the way up to Psalm 65 that says the river of God is always full. You ever read that before? What you say? Let's read that real quick. Because see, most people want a crutch of the desert or of the valley or of hardship where they can they don't have they can live in that and not have to have faith because the hardship takes over for them. But see, that's not for the people that want to walk with God, you see. We walk free of those things. You hear me? Regardless of what circumstances harass us, God makes us free. Let's read that. you want to? All right. Let me see if I can find it. Somebody probably already did, right? Look down. Look. Uh, uh, wow, these preaching Bibles are wonderful. It went right to it. It's like they're almost alive or something. Psalm 65. <laughs> It's not my fault. I'm serious. 
verse 8, so that those who dwell in earth, in earth's farthest parts, do you understand? You and I live in the farthest parts of the earth. I do, for sure, where I live in Mexico. Watch what this says. They are afraid of nature's signs of your presence. You make the places where morning and evening have birth to shout for joy. Isn't that awesome? What, what's this verse 9? This, this is, if you can hear me, I can spare you some dilemma. Because as, life, as you're going down the road of life, I've got enough color in my hair now. I've got some experience now. And I'm right about what I'm talking about. Life comes at us. It does, and I'm an organized individual, personally. And, and I, I try to look as far ahead as I can so I can make fewer mistakes. You understand I said fewer. <laughs> Used to when I was younger, I'd say make any mistakes. That is pride. Because you're going to make mistakes it just matters how you handle them. And when things come at you that, you that are out of your control, you have to have the power of God. And it says right here in my Bible, in, in verse, uh, verse 9, this is talking about God. You visit the earth. Now, that's what we want, isn't it? Come on, isn't it? Come on. What, what is your reality? What is your Christian walk? Are you satisfied? Are you where you want to be? Man, I'm not. And we're raising the dead. Man, we're all over the place. Man, we're getting all these jewels. We're doing all these wonderful things. Thousands of people are getting saved every year. Wow! But that's just not enough. It's just not. Because there's more of God. We need Him to visit us. We need a new visitation visit us heaven visit us holy one come merciful God mercy and loving kindness we embrace you touch us God touch us heaven uh, this has got to happen <laughs> doesn't it Visit. You visit the earth. You saturate it with water. How long has it been since you felt saturated? Since you felt like I've been in the presence of God and I'm saturated with His goodness? How long has it been? Some of you I can see. It's been a minute. We need that. That's not a, a slur on you. I'm telling you, you need me to see that. You want me. I'm a seer. You need me to see it. So we can, we can address it and, and embrace the visitation. Hello? And watch what this. You greatly enrich it. Talking about the earth. That's us. Watch this. The river of God is what? Come on. It doesn't matter what version you have. What does it say about it? All right. Is there any stipulations on there as to what your circumstances are that will control the, the level of the river? 
It's not, is it? This is why when you're blessed and anointed and full of the Holy Ghost, you need to realize your need for more of the fullness of the river of God. And when you're feeling weak and lonely and afraid and intimidated and stressed out and all of those things that happen to most of us every day, <laughs> you need the fullness of the river of the Lord. You need the visitation. You need the saturation. Brother David, I've been saved for 30 years, man. I, I'm, I'm getting tired of this stuff. Well, I'll tell you what, honey. Won't you move and let room for us? Because I'm not tired of it. I'm blessed. I want more of God. I want more gifts. I want more anointing. I want more of His presence. I want more of His understanding, His ability, His trust, His goodness, His mercy. Don't you? Are you hungry or not? Man, I am. I really am. Seeing all this stuff makes me want more. I've been told by some very important uh, ministers Here's the word, Hogan, calm down. And here's what I say, never. I've been at this a long time, and I'm liking it. And it shows, don't it? (laughs) Is it okay if we ask for a visitation. Are you okay with that? Yeah, what, what do we want? What do you want to do? I don't know what you want. Are you okay with that? What if God does it though? I mean, is it going to frighten you? I mean, why? <laughs> huh. Well, then stand up. Mrs. Sue, are y'all going to do something up here? Something joyful and some tunes maybe? Can we do that? Are y'all okay with hunting for this saturation point? (laughs) Are you all right with it? Can I have this water or no? So everybody okay? You notice I see some fellers coming on down here. You notice that? I'm all right with that. Y'all okay with that? Now, I want to tell you, I'm coming fresh off of a conference we had in Mexico, had about 6,000 folks. Me and the elders lifted our hands, and about the front two, two and a half thousand just flew through the air. (laughs) That's a frightening sight. Every man, woman, and child just decided to take a flip. This is what we're wanting to do, right? 
Do we want visitation? Do we want the word sent to heal us? Do we want to be delivered from trouble? <laughs> Is this what we want? Are we on the right trail? <laughs> Do we want saturation? I do. Oh, I so appreciate you allowing me the opportunity to preach the straight gospel. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. How are we doing? God bless you. Everybody good? Y'all all ready? Y'all did such a good job up here a while ago. Holy Ghost. We just call on the fire of the gospel. Jesus. Sickness. If you have sickness in your home, it may not be in you. What, what I would like to do is uh, maybe one of the services brings some cloths or something. We'll pray over according to Acts chapter 19. Try to remember that. We'll do that, all right? Now, tomorrow night would be great. Yes, good idea. Yeah. Remind me, please. <laughs> Thousands of miracles with cloths. We've had the dead raised by people coming and praying on cloths and bringing them back dead have been raised that deals with a little theological problem called a religious spirit can we let Jesus touch us I know you know how what we want is new fresh bread it's not to say that your bread is not okay is to say we need new, fresh bread. That's all. I've got good bread. I want fresh bread. I want fresh oil in my horn. Listen, I got so touched the other day in, in Mozambique. Got knocked out five hours. Fresh bread came on me. New oil, new wine. ahead and call on his mercy you know what it's okay goodness and mercy 